What's going on, guys? This is Eric, and you listen to The Brush Up, where I run you through the headlines of news, sports, and media. This is episode six. Thank you all for listening. Let's get right into it, starting off with that good news. A study says that the United States can reach zero net emissions of carbon dioxide from energy and industry by 2050. This can be done by rebuilding the U.S. infrastructure to primarily run on renewable energy. This was done uh, by a study at the University of San Francisco, and apparently it is the first well-modeled study to completely rebuild the entire energy and industrial system. It would come at the cost of $1 per person per day, and according to the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the net zero CO2 is greatly needed to limit and avoid the dangerous impacts of climate change. I would totally be open to giving $1 a day to rebuild the infrastructure for renewable sources, but I don't know if everybody was. Some people might say, like, why don't you just hook up these renewable sources to the system that we current have, currently have, sorry. Um, well, that comes at a problem of renewable sources can't offer the same benefits like frequency insurance that a traditional coal power plant can. Uh, that gets really into the electrical engineering side of it. But basically, because these renewable sources are intermittent, like solar goes up and down throughout the day, wind, it's not always windy, and ocean currents can change, but not, not quite as much. Um, so with these changes and like the intermittency of it, they can't be dependent upon as much as traditional sources can where you can just put in more coal or anything like that. So it would be not very uh, smart to incorporate more and more into our current system without really laying down groundwork where there is some sort of grid support system there. So... I mean, for a dollar a day per person, I would be open to doing it. That's just $365 per year, quick maths. But yeah, we'll have to see if people really do start taking that seriously, especially if the study gains more ground and lawmakers start looking at it. But like I said, I would be open to doing it, and I hope everybody else would too. Uh, getting to a net zero emission, I think, is something that the world really needs to do uh, to limit this global climate change. Next piece of good news, uh, New Jersey plumber drives 22 hours to Texas to assist in burst water line repairs. So you guys probably heard in the news or from me talking previously that Texas was absolutely slammed with freezing temperatures and snow and stuff like that. And they, they've never experienced really anything like this. Nobody was really prepared for it to occur on this level. So they did have a lot of problems and these local plumbers are now swamped with work and many homeowners are unable to find help because there's so many cracked and uh, water pipes and things like that and nobody was prepared for it and nobody really knew how to service it but apparently services right now are pushed out as far as four weeks for somebody that currently doesn't have water to have a plumber come in and fix what is needed so this new jersey plumber packed up with his wife child and brother-in-law actually who helps him through his job and they headed down to houston they began servicing six to ten houses a day, commonly working from 7 a.m. all the way until 2 a.m. You heard that right, 7 a.m. till 2 a.m. And he's doing a real service because apparently a lot of plumbers were charging $2,000 just to come in and quote what is needed, where this man only charged what the people could afford. This is just, these other plumbers are just another example of how price spikes were occurring down there. Like I said, I don't know if it was in last week's pod or the week before, I talked about how these hotels were driving up these prices because people wanted to stay there because they had running water, they had heat and things like that. So now that sounds like plumbers are doing it as well. Um, 
But yeah, I think this guy's doing a great service that he's only making people pay what they can afford. Uh, originally, he was only going to go down there with $2,000 worth of supplies and fix stuff for people. But after he ran out of supplies, he wanted to do more. So he ended up purchasing more and his family stayed down there for a little bit longer. Uh, next piece of good news, scientists use new 3D printers with calcium to create bone. So they can now 3D print bone. And in, an Australian group of scientists showed that they could print bone-like structures and their goal is to one day have all of these 3D printers within operating rooms. These uh, printers are able to print these bone parts complete with living cells to repair damaged bone tissue. And the material that's printed is like a ceramic kind of looking structure. And then it hardens into a bone or into more of like a bone-like structure within minutes once placed in water. So this could be a huge step within medical capabilities because now they'll be able to print different pieces that people need exactly so the sizing will probably be way better on like a micron or mil scale um so yeah i i hope that this research continues to go and that one day we do see calcium 3d printers where we're 3d printing bone right on location of needed patients and then the final piece of good news gary sinisi i hope i'm saying that name right i could be saying it wrong if you guys don't know who that is, Gary Sinisi is Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump, but he started a mental health wellness network to provide care for veterans and first responders who are dealing with PTSD and substance abuse. So the foundation aims to open 20 treatment sites around the country. Uh, Gary already has a foundation that has been operating for about a decade to assist veterans, but now he says he wants to focus more on what can't be seen, the injuries that you can't see with the naked eye. Um, and he's starting this because an estimated 30% of first responders are suffering from depression and PTSD. And then one in three veterans have suffered some sort of mental health disorder since 2001. So I think this foundation could really go a long way to assist people in their needs, especially for these people that already dedicated their lives to helping and protecting us. Uh, I think they deserve this treatment, especially if they do have these mental health problems. They should be admitted to a good uh, system, good care uh, if they're willing to, I guess, and get the best treatment that they possibly can. So I wish the best of luck to his foundation. Now moving on to the U.S. and world news. President Biden is calling out the governors of Texas and Mississippi for ending mask mandates. Uh, says that the government or the governors are using Neanderthal thinking. So Texas and Mississippi are trying to lift mask requirements and restrictions on business. They kind of want to open up a little bit more. And the CDC is urging the states to continue to require citizens to wear masks as lifting the requirements now could likely lead to a spike in infection rates. There are currently some very contagious uh, mutations of the coronavirus that I've talked about previously here again, and they're beginning to spread very quickly throughout the country. So now is not the time to remove masks. Remove masks. The CDC director states that these next couple months are pivotal for the outbreak. So continuing to wear masks and follow protocols will get us back to normal faster than what just removing our masks and removing all these restrictions now would. And Biden's administration said they're going to address the situation with Mississippi and Texas officials at the next opportunity, which that doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. They're the president of the United States. Give them a phone call. Tell them they have to do it. I mean, you're the top dog in our country. You should be able to just tell the governors like, hey, you're trying to do something that uh, is going to harm the country more than it's going to help it. You can't do this. But maybe I don't understand the entire uh, 
political capability there or where boundaries end. So hopefully Mississippi and Texas continue to follow guidelines and uh, we can get rid of this coronavirus as fast as possible and get back to some sort of normalcy. Next piece of U.S. news, federal officials are on high alert at the Capitol today as there is talk of another raid. Reports say that an intelligence bulletin issued a warning that a group of violent militia extremists have been discussing plans to take control of the U.S. Capitol. Uh, the report called the group the violent uh, militia extremists. That was not my words. That is exactly what the article said. But the goal is to apparently remove Democratic lawmakers and reinstate President Trump. Uh, the raid is set to apparently occur today, March 4th. I've not yet heard anything about it, uh, but maybe it's going on right now. I don't know. But in light of these warnings, several schedules have been changed. The Senate moved a vote from today to yesterday so that not as many people would have to be in the building. The warning came from both the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security, both of which are staying on high alert today. And apparently they have several new tactics and plans that they already put in place given what occurred in January with the Capitol building raid. So, I mean, watch the news tonight. Maybe when you're listening to this, this already passed. Maybe it already happened. Um, but I, I mean, I hope nobody raids the Capitol building. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see, I guess, if this militia ends up showing up. But moving on to world news now. Over 30 people died in one day in a peaceful protest in Myanmar. So the death toll in this peaceful protest is apparently now over 50. And uh, many of these deaths came when security forces began shooting at protesters with live rounds after little to no warning. I looked into this some more. I found a video that surfaced of two security workers beating three charity workers with both batons and the butts of their gun. And the video was literally... These charity workers were just sitting down on a bench, like heads down, they had hard hats on, and then all of a sudden these security workers just started like hitting them while they were sitting there. It didn't look like the uh, volunteers or these charity workers were doing anything really in like response to it, like they weren't really fighting back. They were just kind of taking it and they were just getting hit. But these protests <laughs> have taken to the streets uh, since a military coup that occurred on February 1st in Myanmar, people are calling for the release of the democratically elected officials that are being held by this military regimen. And the citizens are just really in fear that this military group will become their governing body long term. So they're selling the streets, trying to call for their people that they elected back. Uh, so that way some change can be taken that this uh, military group will no longer be in control. And then the final piece of world news is that 17,000 earthquakes have hit Iceland in the past week. The southwestern region of Reykjanes, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, Reykjanes has been the most affected. The largest earthquake has been a magnitude 5.6 on the Richter scale, and the earthquakes haven't really caused much damage so far, though authorities have reported several small road cracks. And people were reporting like they would try to fall asleep during an earthquake and then like an hour into their sleep, they'd be waking up to another one. And people are saying it's like really hard to get used to. Apparently, earthquakes have been on the rise in the last like year. So people are getting a little bit more used to it. But 17,000 a week is just complete and utter chaos, I guess, um, in their eyes. So they're really having trouble kind of just getting used to it and going along with them. But the real worry isn't like the cracking of the earth. Well, I guess I'll go into it, but kind of got cracked in the earth. But it is that 
that a volcanic eruption will occur and a volcanic eruption is imminent. So Iceland sits on a tectonic plate boundary that continues to pull apart and split. Um, everybody probably learned about tectonic plates back in the day, how they kind of shift and move and some push into each other to create mountain ranges, but this one's actually pulling apart. And scientists say that these quakes are likely due to the intrusion of magma into the Earth's crust. So there are multiple volcanoes in the surrounding area and officials have already put out warnings saying that an eruption is very likely and probably to occur. So we'll have to look out and see if Iceland is hit with a uh, volcanic eruption or a series of volcanic eruption. But it does seem very likely with 17,000 earthquakes in one week. So, but yeah, now we're going to move on to sports. So the NBA All-Star Draft is tonight. Both Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis are listed as injured. So Kevin Durant will not play even though he was supposed to be a starter. Um, so they brought in another uh, voted All-Star from the Indiana Pacers, DeMontis Sabanis. Um, sorry if I mispronounced his first name. I know I hit that last name, though. Um, and he will uh, become as a replacement for the injury. He won't be directly replacing Kevin Durant. Um, Jason Tatum was actually moved up to a starter now rather than a reserve, given that Kevin Durant will not be able to play. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if LeBron will play. He did sit out a game because of uh, an injury, but maybe he saved it for the All-Star game. I don't really know. Uh, but yeah, tune into that tonight to watch uh, both Kevin Durant and LeBron James draft their teams for the All-Star game. Uh, next piece of NBA news, TJ McConnell set an NBA record with the most steals in the first half of a game. He had nine steals within the first half, the ninth, which came right at the ending seconds of the first half. But he actually got that just in time because the previous record was eight, which has been tied several times. Um, but the NBA record for steals is 11 in a game. And TJ McConnell actually only ever got 10 that game. It was against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So he had nine in the first half. And then just one in the second half. But, I mean, still very impressive. Uh, Ten steals in a game. It's insane. But he did get to set the NBA record for most steals in one half of a game at nine. Um, there's a laundry list of games tonight. I'm not going to read them all off. There's a total of nine games. And I just keep, keep saying this team, that team, this team, that team. But they're all on NBA League Pass and by local TV, except for the game on TNT, which is Miami Heat versus New Orleans Pelicans. So watch that tonight if you'd like to. And for those Wisconsin listeners, uh, which is likely all or most of mine, uh, the Bucks play at 8 p.m. versus the Grizzlies. The game is in Memphis. Uh, so stay tuned for scores. And if you find a channel to watch it, watch that. Uh, and then just to update on the overall standings in the NBA in the East, the 76ers are leading with the Nets back a half a game, Bucks back two and a half. And then in the West, the Utah Jazz are way out in front with the Suns back three games and the Clippers back three and a half, which is also tied with. The Lakers, who are also back three and a half games. And now into celebrity news. TikTok is trying to cancel Eminem. Apparently, Gen Z people are calling out Eminem for his past controversial, controversial lyrics. Some have themes of violence and domestic abuse, which definitely anybody that listens to Eminem, you know this. You know that he has very violent and kind of abusive lyrics. It's always been his platform. And... Like, that's what a lot of his supporters are saying. Many of Eminem's supporters are stating that the controversy and violence is part of his brand. It's what he's always saying. But the main song under fire right now is Love the Way You Lie with Rihanna. Um, was Like, it's the center of the debate because there's the line where he says, uh, I want to tire to the bed and set this house on fire. Uh, so, yeah, many Gen Z's people are apparently really going at him on TikTok, kind of just making videos 
with that line in the background and making a statement about it. But many millennials are wishing Gen Z luck for canceling Eminem. Apparently, millennials have already tried to do it. And, I mean, from Eminem's point of view, it'll likely just come out with a song or album and coming back at the people attempting to cancel him. Eminem's career really depends on the haters and the people coming after him. It's what he always does. He's a very good response artist. He responded to Machine Gun Kelly when he came at him. And I think he put Machine Gun Kelly on the ground. Eminem actually killed it. But he uses his hardships and his troubled past to fuel the music he creates and his lyrics. So, I mean, I I think people have to understand that's where he comes from. Not everybody's always going to agree with that, but that's what Eminem makes. And in his shoes, maybe getting canceled right now is a good thing. It brings him back into the light, brings him back into the media. Um, a lot of celebrities say uh, being in the news is good, like all news is good news, right? You're getting your name out there. You're getting relevant. And now if he comes out with a song or album that that's in light of this, everybody's definitely going to listen to it. The people that are calling him out are going to listen to it. His past normal fans are going to listen to it. Maybe just outside people that weren't really connected to either side are still going to listen to it, right? So, I mean, these TikTok people trying to cancel Eminem might just be giving Eminem more fire, like just more to play with, right? So, uh. We'll have to see if Eminem drops something here in the near future. But yeah, TikTok and Twitter apparently are trying to cancel him. Uh, I like Eminem. I don't know. And then now moving on to fact of the week. This one's all about redheaded people. Redheaded people are just wild. First off, redheaded people cannot go gray. Their hair will only fade, but it'll never actually change into gray hair. Uh, Because of their skin pigment... Redhead people cannot take in as much as much vitamin D as most of us do when we're out in the sun. So their bodies actually create their own vitamin D so that their body has enough supply. Redheads are also more likely to be left-handed because recessive traits often comes in pairs. So the redheaded gene will likely come in a pair of being left-handed. And then a study actually shows by a German researcher and then confirmed by an English study that redheaded women actually have more sex. So good for redheaded people but being a redhead does not come with total upsides there are some downsides redheaded people are more likely to develop skin cancer which if you know a redhead you definitely know they're always lathering on the sunscreen when they go outside because they do burn super super easily Um, their skin is just very sensitive to that uv light so they are more likely to develop skin cancer Uh, They're also more sensitive to temperature changes, so if they touch something cold or feel something hot, they will react to it more uh, severely than what a non-redheaded person would just because for some reason their body can't take that temperature change as well as uh, non-redheaded people can. Uh, And then the the last downside is that climate change is actually threatening redheaded people. So given that they don't like warm climates... uh, Redhead people don't adapt to warm climates well, that since the world is getting increasingly warmer, there's actually a possibility that redheads could eventually go extinct. So save the climate. Don't let your redheads go extinct. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the fact of the week. And now moving on to heat of the week. Actually, three songs. I was going to put in more, but we'll just leave it at three songs. Uh, La Di Die uh, by Nessa Barrett. That's L-A space D-I space D-I-E by Nessa Barrett. I think it's pretty good. Uh, next song is 7 O'Clock by Bryson Tiller. That's not spelled out 7 O'Clock. It's 7 colon zero, zero. These names are a little tough, you know, like verbally for you guys to understand. But 
The final song, Spaceman by Nick Jonas. I really enjoy all three of these songs. I encourage everybody to give them a look. If you don't like them, I'm sorry. My music taste must not be the same as yours, but I am a fan of all of them. And that's going to wrap up uh, episode six. I thank you all for listening. I look forward to hearing you guys, or hearing, I look forward to having you guys listen to episode seven. So have a good one.